whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. This week's intermission features edited sections from my conversation with Al Silber, which you heard last week. I don't usually release intermissions so close to the guest's appearance, but our discussion about grief and living with tragedy was very special, and it also ties nicely into some of what we're going to discuss next week when Caroline Dubberly will be on to discuss Hedwig and the Angry Inch. So enjoy these excised portions from my conversation with Al Silber about love, loss, and the Tonys. We join the conversation already in progress. So, yeah. But it is that is the thing. I mean, I, I think that there is so much pain, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and there is so much fear that goes along with that. And I think that one thing that motivates all the characters in this book, with the exception probably of Dickon, who is the only one living without any fear at all, you uh-huh. know, is sort of the wood nymph almost that yeah. he is. Um, is that they, everyone is kind of motivated. I, I think everyone's motivated by fear all the time, personally, so maybe I'm reading too much into it. But it is that there's a, everyone is afraid of something. Yeah. To, it, it's an important lesson in what to do with your own fear, of to say, like, I could push my fear over here and cover it up with anger, I could cover it up with rage, and I could cover it up with this. Or we can accept it and live in the uncertainty yeah. that fear presents. Now, uncertainty sucks. I'm not I'm not here to like no I'm one not likes an advocate it. for uncertainty. I'm not an advocate for pain either. No. But there is something uh, Stephen Colbert has talked I've talked about this a bunch lately because it was really affecting. He was interviewed by Anderson Cooper and there's a clip that's floating around from that interview. You told an interviewer uh, that you have learned to in your words love the thing that I most wish had not happened. You went on to say uh, what what punishments of God are not gifts. Do you really believe that? Yes. It's a gift to exist. It's a gift to exist. And with existence comes suffering. There's no escaping that. And I guess I'm either a Catholic or a Buddhist when I say those <laughs> things, because I've heard those from, from both traditions. But I didn't learn it that I was grateful for the thing I most wish hadn't happened, is that I realized it. Mm-hmm. Is that and it's a it's an odd, oddly guilty feeling. You it, don't, it doesn't mean you. I don't are want. Happy I don't want it to have happened. I want it to not have happened. Right. But if you are grateful for your life, which I think is a positive thing to do, um, yeah. not everybody is, right. and not, I'm not always. Right. Um, but it's the most positive thing to do. Then you have to be grateful for all of it. It's, you can't pick mm. and choose what you're grateful for, and. Then, so what do you get from loss? You get awareness of other people's loss. Well, that's true. Which allows you to connect with that other person. Which allows you to love more deeply and to understand what it's like to be a human being, if it's true that all humans suffer. And so, at a young age, I suffered something so that by the time I was in serious relationships in my life with friends or with my wife or with my children, is that I have some understanding that everybody is suffering. And however imperfectly acknowledge their suffering and to connect with them and to love them in a deep way that not only accepts that all of us suffer, but also then makes you grateful 
for the fact that you have suffered so that you can know that about other people. And that's, that's what I mean. It's, it's about the fullness of your humanity. Mm. What's the point of being here and being human if you can't be the most human you can be? I'm not saying best because you're going to be a bad person and mm. a most human. I want to be the most human I can be. Mm. And that involves acknowledging and ultimately being grateful for the things that I wish didn't happen because they gave me a gift. I love that. And I, I have to say, I do, th because there are traumas in the world that are unknowable to yeah. us um, and in so many ways unthinkable and unspeakable. Um, I don't want anyone out there to think that you must view your trauma as an opportunity. No. But I do think that should you feel the strength and feel motivated to do so, that gold is there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think sometimes people in a place of trauma feel pressured to do that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not compulsory. No. Nope. Uh, and it's certainly not compulsory to finding peace. Uh, but I do think that has been the case for me. Well, you need to take it out in the world. I mean, you yeah, need to I take like your, your, your trauma, your, 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 your fatigue, your, you know, your pain, whatever it is, and you have to take it with you into the world. And you might find that that is the opportunity to create, there is opportunity to create yeah. beauty from it. You may also just find that by living it out loud, it dissipates in a way that you can then yeah. just be more of who you used to be. But it is, I love you know, that. I think, you know, it's interesting you say I'm not an advocate for uncertainty. I think I am. I'm an advocate for uncertainty. I'm not an advocate for fear. I was going to say, like, I don't think, oh, I, oh, I don't, I don't I, want people, because it, 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 there's a way you talk about this where it always makes, it sounds like you could, you could be rephrasing it as saying like, so everyone needs pain and trauma and then you're fine. And no, it is, these things will happen, like I, I say, well, they will find you. You will have moments I mean, of fatigue, I, of fear, of, to, of to think trauma, that we need them of grief. Is, is a different way of saying, um, pain, adversity, is going to happen. It's going to happen. And and so with the certainty of that, mm -hmm. which is one of life's only certainties, sure. um, <laughs> it, the, what, what, the way we face that becomes the way we experience our reality. Yeah. And I think that living inside mystery, living inside uncertainty and making peace with it is truly found and one piece. Mm -hmm. Is uh, Going, you know, um, I might not ever understand that person. I might not ever never understand why they did that, said that. Um, they might not even know that they hurt me. Um, I might never, ever, ever be able to stop shaking my fist at the sky and go, why did this happen? But um, living with that unresolvedness, living with the mystery, living in between, is what real peace is made of. Yeah. And, it's being alive. It's yeah. And I, you know, I remember a really... A uh, beautiful moment. Um, I, you know, I, my my other book is based on what happens to Hoddle and Perchik in Siberia yes. from Fiddler on the Roof. I'm very interested to read. Oh, I hope you do. I'm interested to know what you think. It, but it's called After Anatevka, and it the the book was inspired by playing Hoddle sure. in London for two years or so, and it was. Um, that experience for me was five years after my father had died and was when I was starting to wake up to the tabling of the grief. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I did feel sort of, I, I put this in quotes because no one is owed anything, robbed of in my life was 
being able to say goodbye to my dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there I was being given another lifetime to say goodbye to my father as Hoddle saying goodbye to Tevya mm-hmm. every day. Papa, God alone knows when we shall see each other again. And it yeah. was this beautiful opportunity to, to get something I didn't have in my life. Very cathartic, very healing. Um, not necessarily therapeutic, just uh, right. a chance to do something that I didn't get to do in my life. A beauty of the theater. Mm-hmm. And fast forward eight years to when I did Seidel on Broadway. About a year before I played Seidel, I was at a very good friend's wedding. And I'm sitting at the wedding, so excited. And my friend walks down the aisle with her father. Mm-hmm. And in an, from an incredibly processed place, mm-hmm. there it was. Yep. And I allowed it. I, I didn't fight it. I, I realized I was simultaneously joyful for her and awoke to the reality that grief was biting me in a new way that if and when I ever get married, this is a moment I cannot purchase. Mm-hmm. I cannot ever have. Right. Um, I will never be walked down the aisle by my father. And interestingly, just to like say again, thank you, the theater, and thank you, Fiddler. Um, I did get it from the theater. Oh, true. As <laughs> and, uh, That's funny. And it was really sacred. And you know, speaking of going back to the the themes of you know spirits being present when we don't even expect it. I remember, uh, I remember when we did the Tony presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, we did Sunrise Sunset. So there mm-hmm. I was in my wedding dress. And, you know, I, it's so funny. I always say to my mother, I go, if I ever get married, would you be mad if I eloped? And she goes, no, you got married on CBS. Um, so, (laughs) um, (laughs) it's like, I've seen it. Thanks mom. (laughs) It's Um, never going to be that much of a production, no matter what you do. Like, you know, 30 million people. Right. Um, was so, it a Radio City that year? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. no, it's never going to be bigger yeah, than that. So, so, <laughs> so what was really interesting was I got, you know, Danny Burstein walking me down yeah. the aisle, having this moment. And there was this amazing moment during the, the dance mm-hmm. part of, of the wedding dance of Fiddler. I'm standing on the table and all the women are dancing around me and I'm just exploding with joy because one of the things that's really interesting slash beautiful and again like a reality of growing up and childhood dying is when you're a 13 14 15 year old young actor dreaming of being on broadway someday you go i hope it'll feel like this Mm -hmm. like x right and of course you grow up and some of the moments feel like that and some feel like a job and some feel horrible and some are crushing but i will say that that night at the tonys felt like that yeah and I was so overwhelmed with joy that I smelled my dad's cologne. Mm. I could smell his cologne. And I brought my hands to my face to like keep it sure. with me. It was such a private, personal moment. And what I didn't know, because I didn't know right. what was being filmed, was in that exact moment, the camera was a close-up on me. And I thought, I, that could be an accident. <laughs> right. Or not. Or not. And forevermore, I have like that screenshot of what I knew was my dad being there for this joyful moment mm-hmm. at my wedding. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. it was really beautiful. And to, to quote the musical, um, I think my favorite mantra from the musical, despite all the beautiful things in there, is come spirit, mm-hmm. come charm. Come days that are warm, come magical spell, come help him get well. I think that was 
the thing that affected me the most as a child. And I think a mantra that we can all use in its grander metaphor, right? Um, to make ourselves humble to the workings of the universe and to nature that we don't understand mm -hmm. and manifest them into being. Mm -hmm. And be open to the uncertainty that follows. There. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Because there is also, I mean, the other side of that coin, of course, is the fact that I think the dark side of that openness is is the sort of kind of healing that you hear people talk about. Sure. Where it's like, no, no, if you just do this, you'll get better. And right. it's like, okay, hang on. Like, you, 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 you went too far. Let's bring it back, you know, bring it back in this side. You know. Because there is no better, really, I, in this sort of you side. You know, it's really it. yeah. interesting. I, I, I will say, I'll share, I have an autoimmune disease that is a chronic illness mm -hmm. and it's, it takes a lot out of me. I would imagine it would. Yeah. I um, And I've had periods where it's been debilitating and I've had periods where I am almost symptom free. And I think one of the things just to go mm -hmm. to that balance and also like going back to the theme we've talked about it, like living inside uncertainty and mystery is like my entire health life is living say, in uncertainty, yeah. right? And it's, it's, again, I've decided to view that as a gift. Like this illness is, has reminded me how lucky I am to be alive, how mm -hmm. much I want to be alive, yeah. which is something I hadn't thought about. Sure. Um, right. um, <laughs> Most people don't. You know, when I'm, you know, you're 30 years old and you're like, I, I, I'm right. here, you know, right. I'm doing it. Um, this is fantastic. Right. I'm never going to die. Right. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, Hang on, you went too far. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, that I, that I am lucky to be here, that I want to be here, that if I am lucky and want to be here that I should act like it. I should live on purpose. And also that, uh, my, the state of my health can be taken from me at any time by anything. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that going to, going to that, nothing has been taken from me, only given to me by a positive outlook and a humility to nature. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, however, also chosen to incorporate Science into right. that <laughs> medication, <laughs> medication, doctors. diet, diet, yeah. doctors. Right. But they live in tandem with things that I go. Well, you know what? Like I got to a point when I was so ill that I was like, you know what? Putting an amethyst under my pillow isn't gonna hurt me. Nope. You know, um, meditating can only help. Like right. just deciding to go anything that is going to make my experience here on Earth more physically endurable. And more spiritually weatherable is something I'm going to happily mm -hmm. sign up for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that mantra, to think of what it meant to me as a child, thinking about it for my father, help him get I well. I was going to say, because like that, that can be a dark, um, a dark twist, especially when you're that young right. to be like, because if he doesn't get well, now obviously when he died, you were older and had right. a better understanding of the world. But, but there I'm, is... I'll always be that nine-year-old girl. Exactly right. So there's know? this terrible sort of like... No, I did the thing and it didn't work. Right. And as, as humans, I think we have the tendency to, we go to extremes, as Billy right. Joel says, and we like, you're either like, we're all into the nature thing. And then when that doesn't pay off, right. we go all the way in the other direction. Right. And I see this in, in like my friends and I see this in my own family of this extreme reactions to, right. you know, like and if one family member has a tremendous reliance on doctors, their child doesn't like doctors and only goes to chiropractors and other sort of, you know, like right. the, and then their children love doctors. There's this terrible back and forth pendulum swing, swing when you go to those extremes. Whereas if you're like, if you, it sounds to me as if you were open to the, oh, the I, chant and the mantra and the, and the, and the universe. And even though it didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out, well, it worked out a certain way and you take 
what you take from Who's that. Who's to say that that mantra and that wish of a young girl that was me, mm-hmm. fueled by Mary Lennox, um, didn't bring him happy days, didn't bring him right. symptom-free days, yeah. didn't... Uh, Days where we didn't focus on the illness, we focused on being present. Like, sure. is that not also... Or helped you be present. I mean, yes. helped you as a child be like, nope, today's going to be a good day. Yeah. And then what does that do to the people you interact right. with? And then, it's it, it, yeah, it, it's it's that kind of... I, I believe in that. And, yeah. um, and just to not live in the muck, um, because I, I have done that. Um, sure. And it, we all do. We all have, of yeah. course. And, uh, and just to make the choice to not, but... You kind of got to live in the muck a little bit just to know what that looks like, I think, also to be oh, like, I yeah. agree. So when it comes back around, you're like, oh, wait, I know what this feels like. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Let me got turn this around. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Al Sober for talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. Rehearsal.